0: hey guys welcome back to another weird wednesday i'm ashers and this is pat oh and also Craig-o. Craig-o. <laughs> craig O craig my long-lost what? brother
1: from another mother
0: is that uh is craig is craig short for um craigory
2: is that what it is um i had someone in my past that called me craigory and so it was
0: it was nice but no, it is Craig. <laughs> That's okay. Oh my gosh, it's so exciting to have Craig Woolheater um, here on the show today. I'm I, I absolutely cannot wait to get into what you've done and what you are going to do in the future. That's going to be fucking awesome. I think it's great. So, uh, Pat, O, how was your? Do, are we Are we taking shots when there's an f bomb?
1: Uh, if he, that's an interesting yeah. game to play. I mean,
2: sure. I'm okay, not- I'll, I'll get my fireball out. Get and, your
3: <laughs> and I'll do shots
2: and see how
0: I am by the end of the show. Well, we don't want to mm-hmm. kill you, but you might die. We probably should. I might die. You, yeah, we probably should have had you sign a waiver before we started this. But uh, hey, you do you. I'm not gonna yuck your yum. You do whatever. <laughs> whatever
1: love, you need to. I love that saying.
0: <laughs> yuck your yum. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: I it sounds well. so wrong it's but 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 it but it feels so right. Um <laughs> that's what i've heard. <laughs> Pato, how was your weekend? What did you do with yourself?
1: What did i do with myself? I spent 13 hours on uh Saturday filming Saturday into Sunday filming Soul Sucker, a segment for an upcoming horror anthology called Six Pack of Terror, which as the title might suggest is comprised of six horrific short stories, short films. My buddy Derek uh shot one of these. He had helped me last weekend with my 48-hour film. And uh, he did such a good job shooting one of these segments, which I was a producer on, that he uh, got asked to film a second segment. And we did that all day Saturday. It was a 13-hour shoot over two locations. I did sound for, like, the first nine-tenths of it. And then he had also asked me to be an actor in it. So after I had already shot for, like, 12 hours, then I had to act, which was probably... (laughs) the worst fucking part of it. But um, you know, being a uh, I did theater in high school and shit. Like obviously I do the film thing sporadically now, so it's not something completely foreign to me. I would never sell myself as an actor to anybody, but um he needed somebody and of course I was willing to help, so I played the part of lover 1 at the oh. bar. And my scene is at the end of the short and it's me and uh an actress Heather Harlow who played lover 2. And um, we were flirting at the bar and we leave together and I don't know, whatever, just watch it. But uh, yeah, I'd say the movie's called soul sucker. It's about a vampire that uh, uh, I'm sorry, a warlock who sucks the souls from his victims only to have the tables turned on him when one of his victims ends up being a demon. And uh, having that be the plot of the movie, I could still say, the fair amount of confidence that the idea that actress heather harlow would be at a bar flirting with me is the most unrealistic portion of the short <laughs> film
0: <laughs> i um i saw a movie called soul suckers once but it was um an adult film so
1: yeah well maybe maybe <laughs> in heather and i like the spinoff uh where we can do that she was uh no i don't want to i don't want to speak to sparingly in the woman she was uh, absolutely phenomenal to work with just special effects artist too which i want to um work with her at some point and uh also one of the things that the film did was after the after the the warlock character like sucks the souls out of his victims the we, we would shoot the victims lying there uh soulless with those white contacts in their eyes and it was like i don't know why i never thought to just, like buy those and do something with them because like the second the the one actor like went and put them in then came back on set i was like holy shit it's like the beyond and it like totally reminded me of like all those cheesy italian horror movies where they have the white contacts in and it means that they're like ghosts or like zombies or whatever you know um and so, they're
0: so it's cheap i mean yes, it's like the, cheap
1: it's the easiest fucking thing in the world to do and it never i'm sorry take a shot and it never occurred to me to do that so that was like i was like well if i got anything out of this 13 hour fucking shoot take another shot it's <laughs> that uh i need to i need to start investing in these these uh white contacts they're like 30 bucks to buy online and i'm you might even be able to get them cheaper somewhere but um yeah so stay tuned for that so that was friday uh and that was saturday into sunday and then that just kind of like fucked up my take another shot my whole weekend because <laughs> when you do something like, like that big and time consuming like i didn't get home till 4 a.m on sunday and then i had to do the whole filming a church thing and like that just threw off my whole cycle so um i'm just now kind of like recouping and, and and balancing out but uh i wanted to pimp two things real quick one next weekend saturday october 8th i will be at the chicago paranormal convention that's right the <laughs> chicago paranormal <laughs> convention yes yeah, so you, you have to. my heart definitive that name is right not like <laughs> you know uh, no, it's the Chicago Paranormal Convention, which uh, is taking place where else but the Summit Park District. <laughs> it goes from noon till six p.m. I'll be there around two p.m. with Leland Pearson of the Questioning the Weird YouTube channel, filming some stuff from him. He's one of the speakers. He's got a booth. Uh, I'll have—he's one of the yeah. I'll have whatever uh, Wednesdays we talk weird stickers I have laying around. I'm gonna bring those. And if I get real creative Friday night, I may throw some merch together. So, if you're coming out to the Chicago Paranormal Convention, Saturday, October eighth, noon to six p.m., bring some cash because there may be limited edition. On Wednesdays, we talk weird merch. Wow. Uh, you you can get your your very own. On Wednesdays, we talk weird red solo cup, or maybe a th- <laughs> Wednesdays we talk weird three ring binder, or whatever I can throw together. So.
0: The official, on Wednesdays, we talk weird napkin. Um, yes, we'll cocktail be.
1: napkin. <laughs> or uh, maybe I'll get some fucking Trojans and throw a stick around there.
0: There you go. The
1: official, on Wednesdays, we talk weird prophylactic. <laughs> um, so I wanted to pimp that real quick. Now, I'll, I'll be there for a couple hours. I'm just filming his thing and then bouncing. Because that night, I have FDM. Which, also, if you're in Chicago and you're going to see FDM, see me at the show. So I'll probably end up wearing one of our shirts to that. Um, what else? Oh, I started reading uh the ancient giants who ruled america subtitle the mystic skeletons and the great smithsonian cover-up by richard j Dewhurst. and i do believe that i don't i know we never did an official giant show um we did some giant content for the arizona on wednesdays we talk weird and also in the colorado one which uh is dropping very very soon today yes that's right today um so the giants thing has been like a it, it's a fast something i'm absolutely fascinated by and this book is like blowing my mind every other chapter so um i think we're we're fast approaching that critical point where we have to do a, an official giant
0: show a, a giant show yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's coming i understand wow battle your life is so interesting you're like you're like um yeah i went and i filmed i filmed this soul sucker movie and then i went into church <laughs>
1: Right. And I did the <laughs> streaming service for the <laughs> fucking take another shot for the uh the church my kid goes to school. To, yeah. So uh yeah, that's it. And then <laughs> and uh also uh new episode of why Tricky Movies this week, we we talk about Blonde, the uh two thousand twenty two NC seventeen Marilyn Monroe movie that just hit Netflix. So
0: oh. <laughs> You've been busy.
1: Yeah, it's it's starting to wear down. I don't know. I need to catch up. I I need to get rid of one of my kids, I think. I think I got too many kids (laughs) or too many dogs or something. Something's (laughs) got to go around here. I don't have enough gas in the tank like I used to, you know.
0: (laughs) I think you're doing a fantastic job at it. But
1: you had a pretty busy weekend, too. You were out and about being the, the giving the speeches and saying the words and getting the ovations and
0: whatnot (laughs) doing the things yeah i went to the um i was at the um uh, mysticon at the ravenswood library in west virginia um fun fact about it uh i was one of the the speakers and it was the very first time that i got to talk about the mothman in west virginia wow i know it's crazy that's taken this long um but yeah i did i got to you know give a talk about the mothman it was interesting because you know if you guys listen to the show you know we don't make very kid-friendly content. I'm not very kid-friendly. Um, kids are cool and all, but this was at a library. So, um, and Anne had to keep reminding me that I was at a library surrounded by children. <laughs> and, um, but but I did well. And, and, you know, actually about halfway through it, you know, at first I was like, I don't know, I'm, I'm intimidated by all these children. But it, it eventually um, I was outside at one point smoking a cigarette <laughs> because... You know, and I saw some weird kids standing out there, and 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 I saw myself, and um, I was like, "Damn, man, this is kind of cool, actually." Um, so, so that was neat. We did have a couple of people, you know, of course you go to these things, people share their experiences with you. Um, yeah. You're a magnet
1: for that shit. Fucking
0: people love to talk to me about things and, and, and for a very long time, too long. Um, but that's okay. <laughs> right. um, you know, sometimes, but, but no, people did share some really fascinating stories. Um, you know, there was a gentleman that shared that um, he had a, uh, he had lost his two-year-old son. Um, but before, you know, his son died, he had this little golf ball, this little putting kit, right, that he used to, you know, hit around the house or whatever. Um, and he said that the, that golf ball for a long time would just move on its own. And even to this day, and he's an older, he's a much older gentleman, um, even to this day, still has that same golf ball. Um, and that was neat. That was a cool story. A girl. So one of my friends makes stuff with resin, and we sell it on the table, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and she's been making a lot. So the first time we ever had any of this stuff was at bull and mm-hmm. um, it did great. It all sold out and shit. I mean, it was fantastic. So she's made more. Um, so she makes planchettes mostly. Um, and she's also been making like these mini Ouija boards, like these mini spirit boards. And you know, the first time, she, you know, she's only she only made two for this event because she doesn't really like them, they're so small, they're kind of hard to use, but she makes mini planchettes also, which would go with them, um, well, anyway, so they both sold out, but one of the people that bought them was probably, it was a girl, she probably, she was no younger than 12, but no older than 14, um, and it was, it was kind of really wholesome, because she, um, you know, tells us she wanted to buy it, and I was kind of joking with her, and I was like, well, don't go summoning any demons now, you know, and she's like, well, I'm buying it because my, my dad died in our house two years ago and I want to try to contact him and and and, you know I don't know if she's going to be able to contact her dad or not you know but the fact that like she's got that comfort knowing that she can try I felt pretty good about that so um, but it was good it was it was a successful event a good weekend Um, I liked it and now I think I'm done with events for the rest of the year except you're going to see me at CryptidCon Um, I will physically be there not vending not speaking just there to party and uh other than that though i am focusing i I am finishing this goddamn documentary if it kills me so (laughs) that's gonna be my winter um but yeah it was good that's what i did this weekend
1: yeah i have to believe the universe is is i'm kind of having a minute right now with the filmmaking thing and you've known me long enough to kind of it comes in spurts sure pause for laughter but um yeah i mean i gotta think that that i'm kind of hopefully the reason that this is kind of ramping up for me right now is so that it'll it'll get my engine purring so that i can turn around and help you with yours when you're ready so
0: by all means yeah i will take it
1: let's Um, fucking do it speaking of which if you're a patreon member uh did is that cool are we gonna do that Yeah. yes so the 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 48 hour film that i did the the non-48 hour cut the cleaned up really awesome cut recipe for oblivion will be available uh on the patreon for a couple weeks before it's made public to the rest of the universe
0: it's probably available now as we speak so definitely go subscribe to the patreon as well as like pato said the newest episode of weird world the monthly um exclusive show that we do uh this month is about colorado so when you hear about colorado and all the weird things in it um we, we talk about it so that'll be fun um Craig, how was your weekend I know we're just talking talking away
2: boy compared to you guys pretty damn boring <laughs> <laughs> I um let's see what did I do i I went on a date Ooh. and I went to a car show
0: oh well, well did you have a good time
2: I had a good time but you know that was well and and preparing you know in in a week and a half is my texas bigfoot conference so working on that stuff but uh um, sure. where'd you guys I go on the date we, we went to the car show oh you <laughs> met me at the car show and then we went to eat dinner at an italian restaurant that i've never i just saw it was nearby where the car show was called the the tuscan pig italian diner oh <laughs> and it was it was very tasty Oh, good. I did nice. not eat any pig. I did not eat any pig. <laughs> I had chicken parm, and it was very, very good.
0: <laughs> do you think there's going to be a second date? Um,
2: I think it's more uh, probably more of a friend deal than oh. a date
1: deal. Sure. Wow, I'm throwing that one back, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you got to do that, right? It's catching Well, release. you know,
2: you know, it depends what your what your uh, motive is for dating is, uh, you know sure I, i'm looking for my person yeah you know so if date number one is not my person then they're probably not gonna be my person on date number two either
1: well fair enough you're, you're a really you know? good dude that that's a very uh, that's 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 very cool that's very good well
2: i know plenty of guys friends that um you know have Oh well, what the hell? This isn't. Uh, this is at least R rated. Your show, correct? Yeah, sure. yeah.
0: Please, by all yeah, means. You
2: know that are that are just out to get laid, and um, you know that's not necessarily my my um point in in going out on a date. So, right. If uh, you know, if there's no spark there, then there's no sense in wasting either person's time. You know.
0: Very true. That's very true. You know, that's one thing people think that you you should settle for um you know things that are comfortable or practical or whatever i don't believe in that i believe that you should um go for things that make you hot and exactly you know, butterflies and you know somebody somebody said that to me recently they were like oh well you could just you could just get with anybody that's got money and uh you'd be set what i'm like yeah but money doesn't buy the butterflies <laughs> You know, it just doesn't work that way <laughs> i wish it did um but uh well yeah.
2: there's all there's always
0: only fans there is always OnlyFans, and I would probably do very well financially on OnlyFans. Um, <laughs> Thanks, there you better, go. Better than I do with the podcast. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, so so uh, yeah, I don't have any news this week, um, which is, I know, not not exciting. I'm still getting over being sick because not enough people sent me their $5 last week. Um, so if you want to help me get over being sick, then, then you need to send me $5, um, on either cash app or Venmo or PayPal or Facebook pay or whatever it is that you use. Um, <laughs> uh, five, but that's
2: five bucks will make you better. Huh?
0: Five bucks will make me feel better. If every single person listening to the show sends me $5, then I will feel significantly better. Um, this physically, physically, um, you know, of course I can, nothing can, can help the emotional damage that's just there and permanent anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Craig, who are you? Who the heck are you? Why should people care about who you are? Let's, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself.
2: Oh, I don't, I don't think anybody cares about who I am anyway, but (laughs) well, um, I am a person that as a kid, I was interested in strange things and, um, started off with a creature that was seen here in the Dallas Fort Worth area. Of course, when I tell you when it happened, it's going to make me sound really old. But in, in 1969, you remember that, don't you, Ashley? Oh, yeah, of course.
0: Yeah, I was I was I, were, I remember every 69 I've ever had.
2: Oh, I bet you do. <laughs> you were negative. How many?
0: Um, That's a good question. Uh, 2021, 20, negative 21. I could negatively drink at that age. You could
2: negatively drink <laughs> yeah. at that, in that year. Well. I was I was nine years old that year, and there was a creature that was called the Lake Worth Monster that was seen that summer by actually hundreds of people out um, at a lake that is uh, northwest of downtown Fort Worth. You know, not very far, twenty minutes away, and it was on the front page of the of the local newspaper on July 10th and July 11th you know, which was, you know, 10 days before we landed on the moon. And the big story in the paper was about this monster that was seen a creature, you know, out at, yeah. out at the local lake. Um, you know, but like I said, hundreds of people, um, you know, law enforcement, all kinds, you know, all branches of people, that place at that time was just like a lover's lane hangout that the kids would go to make out and drink. Uh, it's now a, uh, a nature center that's owned by the city and I helped the city organize um, a the Lake Worth Monster Bash uh, that is now done every five years but um, so that got me started I saw The Legend of Boggy Creek a couple years later when it came out in its original uh, national distribution run in 1973 and then you know, I was in Boy Scouts in my teens. And so, you know, Bigfoot was always kind of on my mind out camping in the woods and stuff, but it kind of um, faded away until um, Memorial Day, 1994, May 30th, when I had um, gone with a group of people out to New Orleans for Memorial Day weekend. Um, My youngest brother, being one of them but we had a total of 12 people so we took five cars out there you know being pre gps or google maps or anything you just kind of laid out a a roadmap and picked what looked like the the shortest route and um which isn't that the best well isn't that the best way to travel really
0: oh yeah definitely just with i mean yeah
2: Unless you're going to see, you know, unless you're driving to California, you want to go see Hoover Dam and the Grand Canyon or something. But, you know, it just mystifies me like I'm looking on Google Maps and it has a turnoff that says 38 minutes slower. Who the hell takes that 38 minutes slower route? Anybody? <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, someone because, that doesn't have an eye pass or doesn't want to pay tolls because I'm
2: not ever gonna do it, right? <laughs> right, you right. know, I think that's how Jeepers Creepers, uh, the movie happened in it, <laughs> or Wrong Turn, certainly.
0: When you GPS know. first came out, we used to, I mean, that was what you know, I was, I was starting to be. Uh, driving age and we would go ride right around um and one of my friends had a gps and what we would do is we would go out to an area that we knew was rural first we'd get there and then we'd just go and get completely completely lost and then you could use the gps and just track it back home and get back home every time but we ended up in some very scary places um <laughs> so
2: yeah i think that happened to Hands on gretel I think so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Their breadcrumbs got eaten by birds or something and then they ended up in the witch's oven.
0: They could have benefited from GPS.
2: Yes, they sure should have. <laughs> That's uh, maybe maybe somebody should have invented a GPS instead of uh Tom Tom or something, called it breadcrumbs, you know?
0: Oh, that would have been a great idea. Wouldn't it? Missed opportunity. I'm telling
2: you. <laughs> I'm telling you, but anyway, so we get to New Orleans, you know, by the time we're driving through central Louisiana, it's mid morning because we left at about five 30 in the morning from Dallas. And um, so we get there, we have, you know, have a great time all weekend. But when Monday comes around, which was Memorial day, like I said, we had five different cars. So everybody, you know, took off at a different time because they had different times they needed to be back home. Well, it so happened that my vehicle with my girlfriend and a girl who lived in the same building as me, we were the last ones to leave. We stretched it out to leave till about nine o'clock that Monday night. And the only reason we left Monday was because my neighbor, she had to be at work Tuesday morning. So she was going to sleep in the car all night. So we set out from New Orleans and swing around baton rouge and start heading towards freeport and now this you know highway though did you hear my air quotes highway <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was pitch dark now and it was a, you know an unlit road out in the middle of nowhere there was no traffic on it or anything so we're just uh cruising along i had a little um soft top suv back in those days and so i had the top rolled up because you know it was may 30th the weather was really nice and um as we're driving we are in an area where it's really swampy on the left side of the road and on the right side of the road there was just a tree line about 20 25 30 feet out and so as we're driving up this way um and my headlights we see uh, uh, an upright figure off to the right of the road. Um, You know, no more than 20 feet from the edge of the road. And as we get closer, we notice that it's, you know, an upright figure on two legs. It is walking parallel to the road. It's covered with hair and looks to be gray in my headlights. Wow. So... You know, we, I don't know, estimate, saw it maybe for seven or eight seconds in in the headlights. Uh, But, you know, it was definitely an animate object. It was not, um, you know, it was not a burned out tree stump. It was not, you know, a horse or a cow or a hunter in a ghillie suit or some guy in a gorilla costume. But it was unmistakably, you know... um, What I can only say was a Bigfoot. So as we passed it, my girlfriend and I looked at each other and simultaneously said, did you just see what I just saw? And um, we agreed that we had just seen both seen this. And I said, well, we've (laughs) got to stop. I don't know what I wanted to do. Sure. Uh, that, that's a hint that she vehemently disagreed with stopping. As a matter of fact, since it's your show, she said, fuck, no, we're not stopping. <laughs> so we kept going. Um, pretty soon we rolled into a small town called Bunkie, B-U-N-K-I-E, Louisiana. And uh, it was about 1130 at night on a Monday night on a holiday, and there was nothing open, nobody out, no lights on, no nothing. So we <clears throat> drove through town and on the way out of town there was a a Methodist church on the right-hand side that had a parking lot and had a, a light on on a pole. So we pulled in that parking lot to talk about you know what we had seen and discuss it and my friend she was still asleep in the back seat. Uh, she never even woke up but we discussed it for 10 or 15 minutes and got back on the road because we had to be back, you know, in Dallas that morning for my friend to go to work. So once we got on the road, you know, I don't I don't really remember talking about it. And I know when we got back home. We didn't really talk about it to anybody, you know, and 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 uh, you young people are going to find this surprising, it was still. 3 years before this i mean 3 years after this before i got internet access so in the summer of 97 i got internet access got on the internet and the first thing i looked up was bigfoot and you know there was compared to now there was nothing on the internet back then there were some some forums and message boards bulletin boards and stuff and so i you know started perusing that stuff and What year uh, was
1: that? I'm sorry. Just just for reference because 1997. I'm, yeah, I'm always I'm 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 10 years older than Ashers. I'm in my 40s. Okay. So I I can appreciate the early internet stories about how sparse it was and right. how we still kind of instinctively tried to use it to reach out and find other weirdos. I think yeah. that's that's been going on since as soon as two people plugged computers in and and yeah. we realized we used to talk to other people the people that were using it were kind of the nerd cuz computers weren't a normal thing.
2: Right. Um, you know, it's kind of a it's kind of a weirdo beacon, you know.
1: It was. It definitely <laughs> was. So, you know, to right. let,
2: get out there and let your freak flag fly. Yeah. So I started talking to these people and telling my story and you know, and encountered a a guy that lived close by that had been involved with another Bigfoot research organization, and he was unhappy with the way things were going there, so he and I started out a Bigfoot research organization, um, the Texas Bigfoot Research Center, and this went live actually on June 26, 1999. We had a website and, and, you know, people started sending in their encounters and people started inquiring about wanting to get involved with what we were doing. And so we, you know, took off and started, you know, investigating these sightings and going out to where they occurred and, and interviewing the witnesses. And, and uh, so, you know, immersed ourselves into that, you know, we, um, like I said, met a lot of people on the internet and found out about there was a, you know, uh, an, a conference in Ohio, and yeah. uh, the, the Ohio Bigfoot Conference. I don't know if you've ever been, but I went to the the first one I went to was in 2000. Uh, it actually started in 1989, and um, so I went to that and met a lot of people in person and networked and and you know felt welcomed among the other weirdos and um you know got my wheels turning as far as you know there's nothing like this going on in texas you know i bet that i could i could do something like this and um so i started planning it and at the time uh, my folks had a couple years previously bought a bed and breakfast here in jefferson texas um and uh, my mom was on the events committee for the Bed and Breakfast Association, so I figured uh, might as well do it here. That I've got some resources that I can use, and and it just so happened that this is you know prime area that there's a history of sightings in the area. Um, Cattle Lake, which is the only natural lake in the state of Texas, is 15 minutes away, and it's uh, you know a spooky lake with cypress trees and Spanish moss and And fog and mist rising off the lake in the morning and at night. So it's, you know, it's kind of creepy. And so that's what I started doing. Um, I went back the next year. I went to Ohio for many, many years. Um, The last time I went was 2014, though I haven't been back in a while.
0: Of course not. But you have to because I'm here. So Yeah. Do you go to it? I, I actually I only have only been to the newest one that they've done, the Hawking Hills um big Oh, Put the Hawking Hills with B B
2: Mills is great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I went her. to
0: that one this year. Um, but I, I definitely want to go to Salt Fork. Um, you know, is the big one that they do. Um, yeah. we just haven't you should come to Texas. <laughs> I would love to come to Texas, actually. I, I really okay. would. Everybody, yeah. not everybody, but a lot of people seem to be there. <laughs>
2: You've got a little less than two weeks to plan your trip. So
0: <laughs> I know I got to figure it out, right?
2: You better get on it.
0: <laughs> I know. <laughs> All right, Craig. So, so, so you're online, you're connecting with weirdos. You're, you're going to to weird places like Ohio, um, you know, chasing this big foot lure. Um, what next? What happened next? Well,
2: uh, so I, I, I planned the details for my first conference, which was September 15th, 2001. Only four days after 9-11. Wow, yeah. Yeah, so I had uh, speakers that were unable to fly in, uh, but we still pulled it off, and um, we had about 135 people that came that day, four days after 9-11, to the first Texas Bigfoot conference, and uh, it was a big success, so
0: wow. continued,
2: do- continued doing it, and just last year was my 20th anniversary event. And um, so the next one is um, on the 15th. Um, so what's today? The third. So I guess uh, 12 days away, the, the 2022 version of the Texas Bigfoot Conference will be happening here in Jefferson, Texas with uh, Adam Davis, Lauren Coleman, uh lyle blackburn ken Gerhard, um shelly covington montana and Sabella Irwin. so we'll be covering all aspects of Bigfootery and um lots of vendors lots of people lyle will actually uh, you met lyle at, at mothman. um mothman right
0: yeah finally yeah <laughs>
2: yeah um his new book just came out yeah. um texas bigfoot that i wrote the forward for uh it's a book i should have written years ago but uh, i'm a procrastinator <laughs> and uh you know couldn't ask for a better person a better author to write it the mile anyway but sure. i did contribute the forward and so he'll be signing and selling copies of that at the texas bigfoot conference and and if somebody begs really 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 proficiently i i will go ahead and sign the book as well since i wrote the forward but
0: are you talking hands and knees bag or um yeah i like that joan jett song <laughs> i think that's fantastic
2: you know the line i'm talking
0: about i don't I, no i'm t- i'm too young i'm sorry <laughs>
2: you're too young to know joan jett oh i no. am yeah <laughs> Well, it's it, the line is appropriate for your show, not okay. any of them, but, but the line in her song is begging on my knees, baby, won't you please run your fingers through my hair?
0: Oh, okay. All right. So that, that will
2: give you a visual.
0: <laughs> and that's what it's going to take to get your autograph on this. Uh, I'm, probably, I'm probably just shy of that. Just shy <laughs> of that. <laughs> But uh,
2: so I've got that. I'm, I'm debuting um, an inaugural event this year, the Texas UFO Con. So I'm going to have a UFO convention here in Jefferson on Ooh. November, November nineteenth, where I'm imploring people to dress up as their favorite alien, illegal or otherwise. <laughs> um, and then rolling around, not but three weeks after that is my second annual texas bigfoot film festival yeah and this year we are last year was cram packed with five films that we that we that we screened uh including eduardo sanchez's exist which in my opinion is the finest bigfoot movie ever made um and ed was here to um screen it himself and uh, answer questions and talked about the making of the movie and, and all of that. and It was really exciting and this year we're screening seven films starting at 10 in the morning and the last film should finish airing at about 2am. So it's going to be okay. a rather long day a uh, action packed day with um Screening, like I said, seven films. The the last film is um, up y- you guys alley. It is Night of the Demon, Ooh. which um, it, it's a newly released cleaned up version. Yeah, that Severin Films um, is working with us. They're supplying lots of merch, so we're gonna have Night of the Demon merch uh, and their full support to screen that. Um, so we've got got all kinds of movies uh family friendly from Letters from the Big Man and mm-hmm. uh, and um uh The Dark Divide which was based on Robert Michael Pyle's book uh, where Big, Bigfoot walks um The Dark Divide um and um you know other films we've got um My Good Buddy from California Scott Harriet who's going to be screening his film unverified um i've got uh brett and jill from from oregon that are going to be filming i'm um, screening their um oh, it's such a long title i can't remember it
1: Uh-oh. <laughs> eduardo sanchez is the director also of blair witch project yes yes he is he's an he awesome made, guy he made and- a pretty good alien abduction movie uh too where yeah. a, group, a group of friends are abducted and they come back and they, they go back to the spot where it happened to try to get revenge. And, uh, it's got some of the Blair Witch guys in it, which is just proves that that movie wasn't fucking real if you're still on the fence about it. But, uh, yeah,
2: but they are, um, so, uh, let me see that their film is actually called a flash of beauty. Bigfoot revealed, that one that uh brett and jill are screening and lyle is lyle is going to be screening uh, primal rage um jeff stewart and david ford are screening man versus bigfoot um so that may be all seven i don't i don't know there's but there's seven of them so it's going to be a long day we, we got a catered dinner uh, break in the evening and um Adam Larson, who runs the Bigfoot Film Appreciation Circle Facebook page, is going to be there. Uh, He's actually going to introduce um, Letters from the Big Man, and we have uh, Christopher Munch. No, that's not the one. Let's see. I'm trying to remember. (laughs) I'm trying to remember there's so many films and trying to keep it straight. I'll just say um, Night
0: of the Demon itself is a tree. listen, you don't forget um, a Girl Scout being beat with another Girl Scout.
2: So nor nor do you forget the the biker that goes to take a leak and (laughs) has his member ripped off.
0: Yeah, (laughs) it's a very memorable,
2: (laughs) memorable member. It's a memorable member. (laughs) But um, so we're going to we're going to have a discussion. Dave Coleman is the MC. He he wrote the book uh, Bigfoot Filmography and is working on a revised edition of that. And so he and Adam are going to have a discussion after dinner about uh, Bigfoot in film, uh, you know, talking about all kinds of Bigfoot films and the good, bad and the ugly, I imagine. So it's going to be a really cool event. It was last year. It was cool to hang out with uh, Eduardo. I mean, He had actually come to my event in 2012 and had the world premiere of the trailer for Exist. Very cool. Um, but he's planning we're talking about him coming back next year to the festival. So may have him screen his favorite Bigfoot movie that is not his own. And even thinking about doing a a midnight Blair Witch screening with him in attendance. So that should be really cool.
0: No, that sounds really exciting. Is is this a new event, this film festival? Is this, was last year a new one? Yeah, last year, I
2: I had it last year. It was on December 11th, which is, you know, the reason that we picked that date is that was smack dab in the middle of Eduardo's Christmas break to spend with his family. He takes off from Thanksgiving to Christmas and that date was right in the middle. So uh, it just kind of rolled over to this year. I had, I was in talks with Bobcat Goldthwait Ooh. about him coming to screen Willow Creek. And initially he was on board with it, um, which he and I conversed by, by email last year, you know, even before last year's festival. And I told him about it and, and invited him to come spring, uh, screen Willow Creek, and he was really on board with it. Wanted to round up the whole cast to bring him, but then after that, I never, you know, I never got a reply to any of the follow-up emails I sent him, and I didn't have a phone number or anything, so um, it just kind of fell apart for screening it this year.
1: So, what's your take on that movie? Because that is probably one of my favorite Bigfoot films. Now, I'm not as fluent in the genre as as I could be but um that is such a haunting movie i mean i i the, that scene in the tent is something oh, yeah. that should be taught in film school cuz yeah, it's it a, it, it's so it was, amazing and then know, that, it's, the it's, the, en- the ending with the forest bride thing yeah. where like bigfoot's like collecting women just to fucking rape or whatever is like yeah
2: what <laughs> yeah that was really a mind a mind you know I don't even know what to say uh, uh, a mind blower at the end you know because you know it's certainly the best Bigfoot movie that Bigfoot is not even shown in the movie what's your take Um,
1: on that though because I mean you're so you're uh, obviously a little bit of a Bigfoot expert is that something that you see repeated in the folklore or did he just take like a random kind of one-off or bit of story and just make it kind of the uh for shock value like the um you know the, the that would that was the thing that's what bigfoot's right. doing out there is is bigfoot wants cheerleaders and and you know <laughs> well, it, who doesn't right exactly no i mean i'm not saying i disagree with him i'm just saying like it's not something that you see kind of i mean there's a little bit of that there's some other well, movie that's like bigfoot and a, and a chick on an island together um that i yeah, there
2: was one called sweet prudence that was a a bigfoot you know, like soft porn, it wasn't. Uh, but you know, there in the Native American lore and legends, you know, there were tales of, you know, the whatever. Well, you know, I don't know politically correct the squaws or whatever. The women sometimes would disappear and, you know, supposedly be stolen by, you know, this they they thought of them as just another tribe that lived in the woods um, that not necessarily that they were animals, but they were another tribe. And, you know, they made offerings to them, left out, you know, food and, and fruits and vegetables. So they wouldn't come and raid their, um, you know, area, you know, I wouldn't call it a reservation, you know, just where they, you know, where they lived. And, um, you know, so there's, there's legends going back of that, that, you know, even, even children disappearing. And so um, it's not really something that's, you know, explored in the, you know, modern Bigfoot films, other, you know, really other than that. I mean, it just, it just really shocked me because that scene, you know, is a 20 minute plus, you know, one shot, one camera, one shot. You know, there's no cuts or anything. Right. And it's, just, it's, and it's amazing because you definitely, you know, feel the tension there. Um, and, you know, when you have something that's coming up and pushing in the side of your tent and vocalizing right outside, you know, that's just creepy as shit.
1: Yeah.
3: And,
2: um, you know, the funny thing about it is that Bobcat made, did most of those vocalizations himself. Yeah. Were made in that movie, but I saw it um, in 2013 at the um, at a film festival here in the Dallas, in the Dallas area. And he was there in attendance. I actually gave him what was my best Bigfoot cast track cast. Uh, it wasn't from here, but it was from the Pacific Northwest. Cause you know, he, he, supposedly is really into bigfoot now i don't know that track cast may be a door stop now at his house but
3: sure
2: <laughs> but i i presented that to him and, and lyle and nick redfern we were there because i had gotten i had gotten a, a good amount of tickets to go to this film festival to view the film and um so we met Bobcat there and, and then he did a question and answer and, and I took, you know, and, and the question and answer after the film at that time, I told him that, you know, I thought it was the best Bigfoot film ever and um, until I saw it exist the next year, but it's certainly the best Bigfoot movie that Bigfoot is not shown in. it, And, you know, it's really, you know, like Pat was saying that, that, um, that final, you know, that scene, you know, is just so creepy, because, uh, you know, especially if you've been out on a Bigfoot outing or overnight expedition or whatever, just, you know, thinking that, you know, you may feel safe in a tent, but, you know, really, there's not much there to protect you from the outside elements, uh, yeah. whether they be weather or, you know, or a monster. So, um, it's really a creepy film. It's a funny film too. I mean, uh, you know, people don't think of Bobcat as a, a movie director, but he's, he's put out some quality films.
1: Oh yeah. He has. He's got, and yeah, the,
2: the one, I can't think of the name of it where the the guy just hasn't had enough. And, um,
1: Oh, with Bob Odenkirk where he loses it. Um, yeah, I can't remember the name of that one, but he did shakes the clown, he did world's yeah. greatest dad with Robin Williams. Yeah. Um and then yeah, that Bob Odenkirk one where he loses his shit. It's kind of like falling down a little bit.
2: Yeah, it's kind of like falling down. Yeah. You know, there's I don't know if you if you've seen it but there's a new film like that with Bob Odenkirk.
1: Oh, Mr. Nobody. Yeah, Nobody. Nobody. Man.
2: And I didn't have big hopes for that but that film kicked fucking
1: ass well it was written by it was written by the uh, John Wick writer which you could tell it's kind of like a John Wick type movie right um but yeah that one they were trying to turn that into a franchise and hopefully they do it cuz i i would I, I love bob odenkirk he's a chicago actor he did lots of uh, second city which is what i went to over here and um he's i, I love him you know and, yeah. and the fact that he did an action movie like that was just so badass and that they they brought that to him and they said you know you get a lot of these like older actors now that are doing these like uh surprising action movies kind of like these yeah. john Wick, or sort of like the takens with liam neeson and yeah. they came to um kirk and said hey we want to do this with you and they just they read him that opening scene where he's you know, all bloodied up and you know smoking mm-hmm. the cigarette and they're seeing you did this and there's this many dead bodies and blah 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 and you know who the fuck are you i'm nobody and then <laughs> yeah that was it and they made it yeah
2: yeah it's a it's a great flick i mean like i watched it twice the same weekend i liked it so much i mean it was just a i was really surprised uh by the film for sure i didn't mm-hmm. i you know i remember when it came out in theaters and i was like oh that looks like it might be cool you know and but um you know, it was until I saw it. You know, come across. You know, looking through Hulu or whatever, I was like, oh, "Okay, I'll watch
0: that." Are yeah, you? Really are you passionate about film, Craig? Is that is that something that kind of is is another? I mean, aside from obviously the Bigfoot deal, I mean, is is film something you're really interested in? Um, well, yeah, I I you know
2: I rate films whether I need to see them at the theater or not. Sure. You know, if it's a big action movie or a new Godzilla or King Kong movie. I have to go see it in IMAX, you know, and 3D if possible. But, you know, chick flicks, I can wait to see those on TV at home. (laughs) I don't have to see a chick flick unless it's a date and, you know, you got to suck it up to, I bet, I bet, Ashley, I bet you're not in, not in to necessarily into chick flicks. Oh no,
0: no. If I'm going on a, on a movie date, it's a horror movie. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) or it's like godzilla yeah that was my favorite part
2: about the imitation smile something like
0: that exactly a halloween ends is coming out and i'm looking for a date for it and i haven't found one yet i don't know um but
1: (laughs) that was my favorite part of dating was when you would get to know you you know i'd tell a girl like i will go i will sit there and i will see anything you want to see what do you want to take me to see and like you know i i went i remember i saw knights in rodanthe in the theater which was the like the from the nicholas sparks book about horses on a fucking beach and a and robert gear richard gear dies in a mudslide
3: <laughs> I was just like, oh
1: like you know i'm gonna get high in the park of that before i go in but like yeah it's I, I like that i like i like having someone like show me your world like i know what i watch oh, yeah. i know you, what i like
0: you learn a lot about somebody by letting them pick the movie
1: yeah i'll let you pick the movie because i want to get to know you you know, and you can get to know me by how I react to it, but I'll let you do that, because if I, I've had too many times where, like, I bring girls to movies, and it's it, it's over before it begins, because some people don't like horror, some people, you don't have the same sense of humor,
3: right.
1: I'm more malleable with my taste in film, because I love it so much that I'll sit through fucking anything, you know, so... Yeah, I think it's funny when they pick the romantic comedies or the just garbage.
0: Yeah, you made me watch Colossal. So that told me a lot about you. Um,
2: (laughs) Colossal, that's the one where what's her name? Dreamed and in her dreams, she would turn into a kaiju.
1: (laughs) Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway. Yeah, yeah,
2: Yeah. turns
0: into a kaiju. I thought that was a pretty cool flick.
1: Yeah.
2: (laughs) I, I mean, it was very novel. I mean, you know.
0: We did, we did it um Pato does this other show, Y2K movies, and um I was a guest on it. We did an Anne Hathaway double feature. Well, kind of. Um, but one of the movies was was colossal and 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 Pato tells me it's about Anne Hathaway turning into a kaiju. Listen, the addiction part of it was cool, the kaiju part of it was cool. They should not have been together.
1: It's more about alcoholics than, <laughs> yeah. than it's about kaiju, but it's it makes the it makes the alcoholic storyline a little bit more palatable because you're yeah, but- watching her and Jason Sudeikis turn into giant monsters and fighting in South Korea. <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah, that's a hell of a bender, isn't it, when you turn into a kaiju. <sighs> yeah,
1: <laughs> It happens to the best of us, right? Judge not lest you be judged.
2: And, uh, going back to uh, Bobcat Goldthwait, if you saw One Crazy Summer, you're, if you saw that, uh, a um, he was in a Godzilla suit and he trampled a miniature cityscape oh
0: god i'm a big kaiju fan are you big are you big into kaiju you know i noticed that a lot of people in the cryptid community uh, they are oh yeah i they it, they normally
2: come out right around my birthday in march and so i always as a matter of fact uh when was um was it last last year had yeah. i rented the whole theater um had 26 people there for godzilla versus kong oh. and had a screening of that that's and awesome. my birthday party in the theater
0: that's awesome yeah well you should have invited me to that craig Jeez. well go-
2: would you come to texas
0: <laughs> i would yeah <laughs> for that
2: yeah of come, come to texas <laughs> and i will take you to go see uh ha- halloween ends okay. black phone the invitation <laughs> smile all weekend one weekend of all four of those
0: we'll we'll go see all of them and then we'll uh have you seen any of them yet no i haven't seen any of them yet okay there you go (laughs) well let's talk about um of course obviously i want to talk about cryptomundo can we do that sure i definitely want to talk about it so you ended up creating this website um right you know because and and i'm assuming it's because you know you kind of found your weird people online (laughs) I'm, i'm guessing that's the inspiration um i I, do you know that i woke up every morning and checked this website every day for like four years straight
2: (laughs) wow and knowing that i'm the creator you should you should definitely want to come and go to the movies with
0: (laughs) i might (laughs) i might have to yeah
2: yeah i i um you know i was into all sorts of cryptids not just bigfoot bigfoot is the only one that i investigated Sure. But, uh, you know, from when I was a kid, like I said, I was into weird shit, you know, weird sea monsters and, you know, UFOs and, you know, all kinds of weird shit like that. So I've always been interested in the subject. And and I was and I'm kind of an idea man. Um, my youngest brother was uh, my partner. Um, and we came up with you know and blogs were very new back then it wasn't blogs weren't you know everybody and their brother didn't have a blog then. and there were and it was more of uh, a community deal than a blog deal like you said uh, you know finding your weirdos because there were there were other communities kind of like that um i'm trying to remember the 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 name of them there were A couple of them that were based on pets, like a dog one and a cat one. It was kind of like a community and a blog. Yeah. And and that's kind of what we decided to create with Cryptids. And, um, you know, spent a lot of money developing the site, doing the artwork for the site. And it went online, I believe, September 27th, 2005. The very first post was mine, and it was about the Ivory-Billed Woodpecker. Oh. and um, myself, and Lauren Coleman, and John Kirk, and Rick Dole, uh, a Bigfooter, and you know other people that were, um, you know, I hate, you know considered experts in the field. We all contributed, you know, articles and um, you know original um writings and stuff and it, it became really big at one point there was a site out there that would rank your i think it was called rank my blog or something like that okay and at the time at the time cryptomundo was i'm trying to remember exactly what the number was i think it was in the i think it was like Four thousand four hundred and ninety-five. Wow! Most popular website in the world. Oh wow! Yeah, so it. I mean, you know, like like Yahoo, and it was number one. You know, I'm talking up. You know, but there were billions of websites. So you know, it was it was pretty cool, and um, you know, it, it it made fairly good money for a while. Advertising revenue. Sure. But it's it's just, you know, it's just the advertising revenue isn't there anymore. Right. And so I really don't update the site. It's still there. I pay for the hosting and, you know, it's still there as as a reference resource. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I normally I have a Cryptomundo um, Facebook page and, and that's generally where I um, post new stuff. But um,
1: I'm sure you could find contributors. I mean, you have the brand. You you have one of the most noteworthy brands in the game to to revitalize it. Sure. And just have different contributors take over. You know, I mean, websites are still a thing. Yeah. (laughs) You know. know,
2: You're you're right. They are still a thing. The site needs to be. You know, I need to you know really sit down and look at it. I've had people over the years that have offered. To buy it, and it wasn't for sale at that at those times. Uh, I mean, at one time it was, it, the site itself and the domain was valued at a hundred thousand dollars.
1: And yeah, I wouldn't do, I wouldn't sell it. But I mean,
2: well, yeah. true. You know, I had people, you know, as you know, as recently as the last oh couple of years, offered me twenty thousand dollars for the site and the domain, and and I've held off. I, I need to, you know, devote. Uh, resources to it uh, look at you know redesigning it redeveloping it you know upgrading the technology and um you know that is something that is there um to to be done to it you know it is you know what it's uh oh it's just passed up uh 17 years old which you know i
1: guess for a blog is pretty old
0: that's pretty good. Well, I'd contribute if you ever wanted to resurrect it.
1: Number 1 in the game. I don't, yeah, I mean, <laughs> dude, that's I I don't think you can you can it, Hey, stuff, there's peaks and valleys, right? Sometimes you're too sure. ahead of the curve, sometimes you're too ahead of your time, but yeah, I, I would fucking die with that brand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And just hey, if you want to you want to get someone in there to kind of, you know, kick some life into it and do some of the legwork fine, but you sit on that IP and it's fucking Oh yeah. I, I put that I, shit on t-shirts and, and just <laughs> beer cozy. And, and, you know? and I
2: do I do have T I do still have T shirts. I only ever had one T shirt made <coughs> and one of Ashley's our mutual friends, Erie Eric Far Giorgio, oh yeah logo did my logo for it. Um, really still, I had no idea. Um I'll text you the um I'll text you the shirt.
0: That'd be awesome.
2: And it's actually the picture I have of it is is uh Carrie wearing the shirt. Oh
0: my god, can I I buy one? Uh
2: yeah, I gotta see I'm I'm not sure what sizes I have left is but let me let me look at let me just I know this is very interesting for people as I'm (laughs) uh, uh, scrolling through some pictures
1: well i'll say we we do all our merch through t-shirt spring and one of the nice things about it is that we can slap our logo on stuff we don't have because i i played in bands in my 20s so i know what it was like you'd have to order a run of t-shirts then you got to mail them out and you got to do the mail order thing and contrary to what they say mail order is not fun um what what's nice about t-shirt spring is they take a little bit bigger of a cut but you don't have to do any of that yourself it's print okay. on demand yeah so you just you you up you, you go into the store and you give them the logo you give them the artwork and then you give your customer base a link and when they go to buy it they buy it all through the website so you can have greater sizes you have greater color options if they want a white shirt if they want a black shirt if they want an orange shirt whatever
2: yeah um, and and i do i actually use bonfire for my um Okay. For my conference stuff. So, you know, I've got the original logo, but I still have a bunch of t shirts that I bought. But, um, you know, I need to, yeah, go and do that where I don't put, you know, have to put out the money for it. And, you know,
0: and, and have it available yeah because we still know, have to buy um you know we still have to buy stock for conferences you know and that's just something you always i would never buy a through teespring for my stock because i'm not going to pay retail for it um but it is nice for the people that you don't see on at the conferences right and it's still but they still want to feel involved so sure so with all the all the impressive numbers that the website was doing was there no. anything that came out any was there any like news or anything that was that really made the website boom or was it just kind of a slow and steady crawl well there was the there was the um
2: georgia bigfoot body hoax of 2000 that crashed the website for like a week yeah with with traffic i mean we would we would redo the website upgrade the servers put it back online and it would immediately go down again it took many thousands of dollars and lots of work and lots of upgrades and we were the the web host back then was like uh where we were hosting was like six hundred dollars a month. Wow, be able to handle the traffic that was generated by that um, a year before that a big deal was um uh, a lawsuit that was um that uh happened because of uh cryptomundo and a certain <laughs> Bigfoot video that um, um, was shared with me, and I posted it on the website, and and I got Matt Moneymaker threatened to sue me, and mm. and so um, unfortunately he he po- well, fortunately, unfortunately for him, fortunately for me, he posted you know publicly that he was going to sue me next week oh. that you know, generally when you're going to sue somebody, you don't want to give him advance notice. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he, he posted like on a Friday that next Tuesday, I'm going to sue him. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to lose everything, his job, his house, his car, his wife. Now he could have had the wife, but, <laughs> but, but anyway, so um, like I said, my youngest brother, uh, is who I developed the site with. And so we hired, uh, an attorney in California where Bat lived and, um, you know, an entertainment attorney who was very, very expensive, unfortunately, like $475 an hour, uh, intellectual right attorney. And, um, it, the lawsuit ended up and Matt and I have made up now. You know, it's it's just something that happened. You know, uh, fifteen years ago. Sure. And um, you know, his, his dad is a prominent Los Angeles bankruptcy attorney. And while this wasn't a bankruptcy suit, his dad represented him for free, mm-hmm. and my attorney was four seventy five an hour. So. We got to a point, um, basically a stalemate, that um, my younger brother, who was um, very wealthy, uh, got to a point where enough was enough, and um, it was uh, basically dismissed um, with prejudice, and uh, where nobody, I guess nobody admitted fault. And, uh, but it racked up a a a bill of $40,000 over a damn Bigfoot video. And it was actually, it made news on um, a legal website that was on point news that um, I don't think the website's not there anymore. But I do have the, uh, you know, all the court documents, uh, PDFs saved of, uh, you know, Craig Wilheter and Mundo versus Matt Moneymaker at all, you know. So, you know, that was, that was a big deal over, you know, the supposed pancake video of yeah. a juvenile Bigfoot eating, a, eating pancakes on a property in Northern Kentucky.
0: Yep. And, um,
2: so, uh, you know, we, we had that, uh, it was interesting because that was in 2007 and, And then I ran into Matt in 2009 at a Yakima Bigfoot event, Yakima, Washington. And um, things were pretty cool then. But, you know, since then, uh, we've talked and hung out. and As a matter of fact, yeah, I hung out when we went to, um, I went and filmed an episode of Finding Bigfoot where we recreated my sighting. That was in early 2014, And, um, so went and and filmed that in central Louisiana, um, hung out with the guys. I was, you know, actually stayed there for about three nights overnight in the hotel where they were at and, and hung out with them. And an interesting story is we went to a Cajun seafood place, but it was just, uh, the crew and Cliff and Bobo and we were there and the waitstaff came over and uh, pulled Bobo aside and apparently uh, somebody I think I don't know which family it was involved with the show but the um, uh, the um, Duck Dynasty one of the families was there in a private in a private dining room at the restaurant so they didn't have to deal with the public, I guess, but they asked for Bobo to come back to their private dining room because the kids were fans of the show and wanted to meet him or whatever. And, you know, people were, were, you know, in the restaurant themselves were coming up and asking Bobo, you know, and Cliff too, but Cliff is a little more low key than Bobo. Um, And they ended up getting pissed off. Cause they waited like 45 minutes and he didn't show and they left. Oh, because, no. But you know, the thing is they were in a private dining room cause they didn't want to deal with the public, but right. they got mad because he didn't come to deal, you know, to their private room. Right. To sign stuff and take pictures with their kids. Right. Which I thought was kind of, you know, kind of hypocritical.
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah, they Stars. Right they
2: didn't want to deal with the public but they wanted him to come hang out in their private room with
3: them
0: oh my gosh that's hilarious i'm glad you guys have made up yeah there was a lot i mean that time period especially when you had this website there was a lot happening i mean you're right there was the george bigfoot body was a big thing just the erickson project in general i mean all that new
2: well see that was erickson was also um in the lawsuit yeah because he he was the one that
0: he owned that, the rights to that video, didn't he?
2: Yeah, he. Well, yeah, but because, um, uh, boy, I don't want to tell too many things that. That's aren't okay. To, but Matt sold the video to him for twenty thousand dollars.
0: Oh, okay, I see. Okay, Matt I understand. There,
2: Matt went there, and
0: um, I don't know how got
2: the video from the people that because they set up surveillance equipment, but they they did not get that video there. But um, and then in in 2013, I went and actually spent a week out at that house um, in Kentucky, in actually in Crittenden, Kentucky. Yeah, and um, well, spent five five nights out there. And How was out. it? I, nothing creepy happened, but you know, hung out. A, a friend of mine was was continuing a project there, and. Uh, she invited me to come out and hang out. And so, um, I went and hung out there, you know, traipsed around in the woods and stuff. I, I didn't see anything, but, you know, I actually got to go, you know, actually to where the video was filmed. I yeah. actually got to, you know, the berm that the thing came up behind and, you know, actually the where the girl walked across to set the plate of pancakes on there so i got to see it in person and and uh you know spend some time out there it was pretty cool but yeah i never saw never saw anything that was out of the ordinary they,
0: they moved from the property didn't they eventually the family
2: yeah they they moved because you know erickson bought the house yeah. from them not only bought the house from them but I, i'm pretty sure bought another house for them to move to that wasn't far away and they claimed that the Bigfoots followed them to their new house. Now I, I don't know the veracity of that statement. Sure. There's supposedly, you know, there was activity going on, you know, after they moved out. So I don't, I don't know how far away it was that they moved, but uh, supposedly it wasn't, you know, like 25 miles or anything, you know, it was, it was fairly nearby.
0: Wow. Okay. Well, what do you think about, um, you know, because the family's saying that, that, the that the big, that the big feet, the big foots, oh, uh, the Sasquatches, yeah. they, they're moving with them. Um, I mean, that kind of walks the line of the woo a little bit. What, what, what's your opinions on, uh, on the on woo? woo, on the woo, on
2: the woo. Um, yeah. <laughs> the, on the woo. <laughs> yeah. uh, I like it when a girl goes woo hoo, <laughs> but you know my opinion you know i I started a bigfoot research organization to get answers to the questions i had about what i had encountered and i would say i probably have more questions now than i did then sure uh and and not very many answers uh my personal opinion is that um bigfoot is a flesh and blood you know creature of some kind that uh, you know, it's almost assuredly a primate. Of course, you know, we're, we're apes, you right. know, actually on the, on the, the uh, food chain there. And, but um, I don't attribute any, you know, paranormal activity, telepa- telepathy, uh you know, cloaking, cloaking. <laughs> I think I personally, my opinion is I think these things are such masters of their domain to to uh to steal a line from seinfeld king of the castle um that they're able just like if you see a white-tailed deer you know out in the open and it jumps into the woods you know it it disappears because it's naturally camouflaged it just blends in with its surroundings. right? So I don't necessarily think that these things can dematerialize, uh, become invisible, that can talk to you in your, you know, in your head. Um, but, you know, I don't know, you know, that's just sure. my, my opinion. Um, you know, there's not any other, well, you know, I hate to say that, you know, any other creatures out here, you know, that have, you know, illuminating eyes that, you know, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I've never experienced it myself Seen something that I can't attribute it to a flesh and blood creature. Of course, you know, I've only seen one. I I believe that I've been out and had them around and heard vocalizations and, and uh, stuff, you know, when we've been set up overnight. Um, But you know, never have had another visual, um, heard some weird shit, you know, for sure. is You know, going back to Ed Sanchez, the very first overnight outing I did, um, looking for Bigfoot was the weekend after I saw the Blair Witch Project. So it was just me (laughs) me and one other guy out in the woods that I really didn't know him that well. And I had just seen the Blair Witch Project. So it was pretty (laughs) creepy actually. Um, but, um, You know, I'm just really interested in the subject. I mean, I had an experience I can't explain and um, have just, you know, sought answers and haven't really gotten any um, and just tried to... you know, open it up to the general public. You know, there's some people that are anti-conference, you know, like, Oh, you know, the talking heads, you know, what do they know? They've never seen a Bigfoot or whatever, but you know, it's, it, it, it's just like finding Bigfoot, you know, most Bigfoot people, researchers, you know, slam the show. Well, that's, you know, that's not how Bigfoot research makes us all look bad. It's like, you know, if they were to make a show about actual Bigfoot research, it'd be pretty goddamn boring. That's true, yeah. (laughs) It'd be people sitting out around the campfire (laughs) with cameras and microphones and not a damn thing happening. Nothing. Nobody would watch that show. Yeah. and Nobody would buy advertisement for that show, and it wouldn't be on the air. Yeah. You know, it's not... That's not the people it's directed at. It's directed to the general public to for, you know, to... You know, entice the general public. I mean, look, you know, how many kids that watch Finding Bigfoot and are now interested in the subject?
0: Exactly. I mean,
2: you know, all us old cryptozoologists are gonna die off and you know, there's gotta be some new blood in there. So it's up to you kids, you you crazy kids to uh take over
0: to take it and that's what i that's what i say you know that i don't watch those, these shows personally just because i do it you know and, and so of course it's it's like being a doctor and watching a doctor on tv you know you're like uh eh. but so, if it gets people interested in it and it so gets that, them, that begs the question Ashley, yeah i don't
2: know how far i can push the subject oh god <laughs> do you watch porn
0: do i of course i watch porn yeah okay well you watch that and you do that well that's true <laughs> See, that's what that's the question it begs that's that's very true but sometimes i do watch porn and i'm like but that's not how see i watch amateur porn that's the difference because that's real porn that's real yeah so i mean that's the difference um but <laughs> i can relate to amateur porn <laughs> <laughs> um you know but but people watch it and they get into it and you know the people that want to take it seriously will then go out and do the serious research right they'll read the books and they'll they'll start going out and 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 physically investigating doing the field research and i mean that's how it starts and i think that's how it starts for you know a lot of us even people we have on the show and and we ask hey how'd you get your start and they're like oh i watched this show as a kid or whatever i mean it's it's constant
2: um well i can tell you one thing especially um you know my generation is the fact that they saw the legend of boggy creek when it was at the drive-in or whatever exactly in the 70s and at the bigfoot conference i know lauren coleman has done it before but asked you know who got interested in this subject you know from watching the movie the legend of boggy creek and, and more than half the people raised their hands i mean it's just incredible how how you know that movie um you know got so many people interested and and it's like i said the same with these shows nowadays for the kids the young kids with finding bigfoot and expedition bigfoot and and all that stuff that they get them interested in to hear stories about you know kids going out on their back porch and doing their bigfoot calls to call in bigfoot or whatever but you know and as a matter of fact um um, uh, an author that we've had a couple of um, times at the Texas Bigfoot conference has written young adult books about Bigfoot. And and she teaches a class, you know, about using cryptozoology as a gateway to science to get kids interested in science.
0: That's cool.
3: And,
2: and you know, um, you know, for it to continue, it, it has to have new blood and, and they have to get interested somehow. And, you know, nowadays, kids don't read books, they play video games. But, right. you know, if they, can, if they can see, you know, a, a Finding Bigfoot or an Expedition Bigfoot show and get really interested in it, then, you know, they're going to grow up interested in the subject and want to get involved. And, and there's nothing wrong with that at all
0: right well exactly and you know mothman's also a great example of that how many people heard about the mothman because of the mothman prophecies movie you yeah, know i mean it didn't the festival didn't go it didn't start until that happened you know and and now yeah nobody would have talked about it ever again otherwise it would have just been obscure history that nobody really focused on yeah i mean You know,
2: there were three things that got me interested as a kid, and I only mentioned two, being the Lake Worth Monster and The Legend of Boggy Creek. But smack dab in the middle of those was a book that I traded a kid at school in 1970, which was a book written by John Keel. It was Strange Creatures from Time and Space, and it was still five years before he wrote The Mothman Prophecies, but there was a chapter on The Mothman there and that book fascinated me and it turns out that uh you know john keel and i actually share a birthday march 25th um his was 1930 and i never got to meet him before he passed away but uh you know i share a birthday with him and um you know he was very influential on me with that book about just weird creatures all over the world um and so, you know, I've been to Mothman twice. I went in 2013 and 2014. Actually, in 2013, Lyle Blackburn and I road tripped there, drove from Dallas, Texas to, to uh, West Virginia and um, to Point Pleasant. And then the next year, Nick Redfern and I and uh, road tripped to Point Pleasant. So, um, you know, had a great time there um was you know 2013 I been...
0: the year that the rave was
2: yes that was you heard about the rave that was <laughs> that was the the mothman rave in the theater there <laughs> when uh eric and carrie and lyle and i walked in and we were just uh dumbfounded <laughs> i mean we had lyle rave. on a
0: few weeks ago i made him tell that story on the show
2: <laughs> yeah it's a, it was a it was a a weird experience for sure,
0: <laughs> and that's saying something when you're at the Mothman Festival. You know, there for the weekend. Well, true, <laughs> true. Yeah, that's it was. Cool. It was
2: a lot. It was a lot of fun. I mean, um, you know, I've I've met a lot of great friends. Some of my best friends um, through cryptozoology. You know, yeah. there's to me, there's no. You know, I mean, what's better than? Than spending time with like like like-minded people with a common interest. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that,
0: right? Exactly. Well, and unless unless the rave turns into an orgy, then well, that's true. That then it could get better,
3: (laughs)
2: perhaps.
0: Everybody with their moth wings and their and their red glasses.
2: Yeah, Yeah, their illuminated red eyes.
0: Yeah. at the rape yeah well <laughs> that's true i mean yeah the community definitely and it sounds like you know you got into it because you wanted a community to get into and yeah it sounds like you found that you know that's that's amazing you know we talked about like eric and carrie and um you know i'm gonna take a trip to pennsylvania just to hang out with them just not even on yeah. business just uh and and i can do that because i know someone in pennsylvania and i can go stay at their house and that's really neat. Right.
2: exactly <laughs>
0: So, I mean, I like that part,
2: too. Yeah, it's a, you know, that's a big part of it. You know, when I started the Bigfoot Research Organization, and while the research and investigations was a big deal, I told everybody that came aboard, you know, to me, 50% of this is the camaraderie. You know, again, hanging out with people with a, you know, like-minded people with a common interest. I mean, you know. I consider Lyle uh, one of my very best friends. And, you know, if it wasn't for Bigfoot, I I wouldn't have met him. And, uh, you know, we've spent a lot of time together, done a lot of stuff together and had a lot of great fun. And um, so, you know, he just so happened to show up at the 2009 Texas Bigfoot conference. Um, And, uh, you know, met him and he got involved with what we were doing and, and he and I have, you know done a lot together we you know he gen, you know almost always speaks at my events and and supports them and and gets the word out and um so um very enjoyable and we started in 2019 we started hosting um uh monster festival in Falk, arkansas because yeah. the um uh, you know there've been very there've been several permutations over the years of different festivals, Boggy Creek festivals, Monster Days, whatever. But the last one had um, petered out after 2015, and um, we generally the day after the Texas Bigfoot Conference, we drive up to Falk. It's less than an hour away from from Jefferson, and so we went up there to the Monster Mart you know because people that you know want to go see it um because the movie so we would take people up there and we you know walked into the monster mart and the mayor of Falk is in the monster mart and you know there's lots of people there that you know came from the bigfoot conference and he's wanting to know why there's you know why there's so so many people up there that day and i was like (laughs) well you know the the texas bigfoot conference just ended you know this weekend and and he voiced that, you know, boy, I, I sure wish we had another another festival here in town, you know. And so I told him, I you know, this was October of 28, 2018, I said, well, you know, it'd be an honor for me to, you know, to put on a, a Falk Monster Festival, because Falc, again, very influential to me, The Legend of Bayou Creek. Um, so... You know, six months later, we, we had, well, it was actually eight months later, we had, you know, our first, you know, annual Falc Monster Festival in 2019. And, uh, you know, donated, uh, you know, wrote a check for $3,000 to the Falcon Independent School District. <coughs>
3: yeah.
2: And, you know, and I started, oh, I don't know, five years ago or so you know, offering scholarships here in Jefferson to, um, graduating seniors from the high school, uh, the Texas Bigfoot scholarship. And so I started doing that in Falk. and, um, in Falk this year, I awarded, um, eight scholarships to seniors in FALC and I awarded 10 of them here in Jefferson that, you know, proceeds from the conference, um, you know, fund that scholarship fund to, to give back to the community. So
0: that's awesome.
2: You know, Jefferson has embraced it. I mean, pretty much every restaurant in town has Bigfoot barbecue or a Bigfoot burger. In 2018, the mayor signed a town proclamation that Jefferson was the Bigfoot capital of Texas. Um, there's one um, shop that, you know, basically is, you know, at least 50% of the stuff in there is Bigfoot. There's several other stores that have, you know, Bigfoot souvenirs and trinkets and stuff and shirts. So the town has really embraced it. And so I, you know, what to give back. So I, you know, I felt the best way was to, to award, you know, young people. I, it's a questionnaire on the, on the application for the, scholarship that they answer, you know, what do you think about, you know, the Fout monster there or Bigfoot here in Texas? So, you know, they, I asked them that question, what their thoughts are. And, and, you know, they answer that question on their scholarship application to, you know, see if they're interested or, you know, I always look for kids that are getting into, you know, wanting to uh, take scientific courses in college and, um, And I like to try and reward those kids uh, because they are interested in nature and, and the environment and, uh, and science. So, you know, maybe one day they'll, you know, maybe they'll carry on the tradition of being interested in the
0: subject. Or maybe they'll discover a Bigfoot. Exactly. (laughs) That's great. Have you had any follow-up from any of them yet? It sounds like, I don't know if it's a newer thing that you started doing. Uh, Well, I, you know, they, you know, go off to college and,
2: you know, I keep in touch with some of them, some of them, you know, send correspondence, uh, you know, generally some of them send thank you letters after the scholarships awarded to them and, and, you know, keep in touch with them. And, uh, you know, I've had uh, several that, uh, you know, come back and, and uh come to the conference uh every year and and you know talk talk about how bigfoot
0: helped their college education stuff like that so very fun well i i want to keep you but i don't want to keep you all night (laughs) um so remind people then again when is the next conference how can they get in on this action and support it
2: well it is um october 14th and 15th here in in east texas We're about 45 minutes from Shreveport, about two and a half hours from Dallas. Um, But the conference is um, a a dinner Friday night and then a special presentation. And then Saturdays, the conference is all day. And then we have a catered dinner there at at the venue and uh, several other special presentations available. Like I said, I've got the UFO con coming up November 19th here in Jefferson, December 10th is the Bigfoot Film Festival, and April 29th of next year is the Fout Monster Festival. So if they're interested in any or all of those, they can just uh, search on Facebook and find the event page that has the details on attending, registering, uh, if you want to be a vendor or whatever at these events. But uh, all
0: that information is out there on Facebook. Great. And, and where can people find you? Where's the best place to follow you and, and everything that you're doing at? Um, um, on
2: Facebook, I've, I've got a new website. It's not ready to launch yet for the Bigfoot Film Festival. But, uh, you know, all my stuff is on Facebook. I have a, a public page that's uh, Craig Wilheter, Texas Bigfoot Research Center, as well as my personal profile Um. And there's Facebook pages for all these events, Texas Bigfoot Conference, Fat Monster Festival, Texas UFO Con, um, all those things, Texas Bigfoot Conference. There's pages for those, event pages that has the information on the upcoming event, uh, speakers and, and all of that stuff on Facebook
0: awesome and then of course I've got the descriptions down below if you guys want to go check those out um you know for for easy easy access I know how much you guys like easy access um it's one of my favorite things other than (laughs) other than air conditioning I think
2: easy access is probably the second greatest thing ever invented (laughs)
0: the the easier the better Craig Craig says
2: (laughs) I I do I'm I'm a fan of a fan of easy access
1: like wearing strip uh sweatpants the strip club you know what I mean (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god
2: i wasn't quite thinking sweatpants but
1: <laughs>
0: snap pants too the, sna- the snap boys <laughs> just not at all fuck it i mean you know you have like... yeah, the tear the tear away
1: <laughs> yes i i you know i was i remember watching like a basketball game and seeing someone wear those like when they were getting ready to play and i was like man i wish i could get those and one of my friends was like you know they sell that shit at tj maxx and i went out and i I had multiple pairs of away pants <laughs> because there was oh nothing the cooler than just being like, you, you got to do the whip with your, if you could flick your wrist fast enough, but you can like just boom, whip them right off. Right. You know? you know,
0: I'm fortunate. I can just wear dresses. I mean, and I'm good to go.
1: Yeah. Well, typical broad doesn't have to work as hard as the dudes do, but whatever, you know, <laughs> such is life ain't the first time, ain't the last time, you know, no, we have to, Develop yeah. hand eye coordination and, and have snap away pants.
0: Yeah, try try a little bit huh? <laughs> right. Yeah, and you know,
2: and there's that whole thing with uh, you know. It's your show. Are we still being recorded?
3: <laughs> yeah, we are.
2: <laughs> okay. Well, why is it it's so much easier for a chick to get laid than a dude. Am I right, Pat? Well, we have boobs. Am I right, Pat? <laughs> I yeah.
1: I mean I think I, I think it's it's more complicated. Than, I know plenty of chicks that have a hard time too. But chicks have higher standards. I think chicks are we guys get cum brained where they just get so goofy that right. they'll it doesn't they'll get, matter. Yeah, and I'm, I not, think that, I'm
2: not holding a fence.
1: Yeah, and that's the that's the problem is that guys get will will be way more self destructive, even though women have way more to lose from uh low impact pairings but um i you know i don't think it's easy for anybody to find love let me just put it like that well, I think well if, yeah i mean yeah if that's you're a looking whole for different the, thing is if you're love. looking for the right person then it's it's not easy for anyone but if a chick's just looking to get laid yeah she can she can maybe uh initiate that a little bit easier than a guy but at the same time if a guy's just looking to get laid go get a hooker or something like that and then it's really easy you know i mean i don't Sure. How, how easy is it to do that like incredibly easy well, that's pretty easy, how is yeah. easy for a chick to go on social media and say who wants to bang me and have any random neckbeard show up and do it like that's pretty easy too um but neither one of those things is healthy you know and i think that if, if you look at a, a healthy pairing a chick has more to lose from it so wow i'm, pr- I'm pretty cool being a guy you know
0: <gasps> Pat, dropping, sure, yeah dropping some <laughs> wisdom Wow, some nuggets there
1: Right. And, and the most important thing to learn from today's episode is that TJ Maxx sells snap pants.
0: That's, that's your takeaway. Yeah, They
1: do exist in the public. You can't find them in the wild. Are there, are there different colors of them? I had a black pair and a gray pair. Yeah. Okay.
0: All right. Well, okay. Well, <laughs> well, Craig, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, and, and,
2: and, and, and bringing forth my wisdom
0: absolutely yeah well you (laughs) know this has been fantastic i hope that our audience is sufficiently drunk um but just just in case they're not fuck fuck quackity, fuck 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 (laughs)
3: um
0: and
2: uh that's a bunch of shots in a row right there (laughs)
0: yeah (laughs) well (laughs) you guys will have to report back to me and let me know if you're still alive um that'd that'd
2: be great yeah i hope we don't have any cases of uh alcohol you know poisoning or anything yeah
0: right or you might form a kaiju monster like Anne hathaway and colossal
2: exactly and Um, and (laughs) terrorize cities
0: yeah (laughs) all right guys well we're gonna go ahead and uh we're gonna we're gonna stop it there but we'll see you guys back here next wednesday